Welcome to Kashris on the Air, your weekly radio show for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashris Magazine. And today we have this very special guest, someone that I've been trying to get on the show for a long time. We have Mrs. Ruhama Fischelis, who is a dietitian and uh, who services the community, both in uh, a clinic, and LI clinic, and also, she's a, uh, a certified dietitian nutritionist, a CDN, a registered dietitian, an RD. And she has a, uh, completed a training course through an internship with Queens College. And she has a private practice also. And you can reach her if you want to directly at 718-998-1567. Don't call there now. We're talking in that line. And Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Fischels, welcome, welcome to the JMU Radio and Kasha on the air. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's a wonderful pleasure to have you on uh, on our show because uh, I know you have so much knowledge and you want to share with our people. <laughs> our people are very interested. We're calling now quotes to Pesach, and everybody has an interest in Pesach. Everybody uh, is looking forward to all of the wonderful things of the Seder, the differences of Pesach from all, you know, all the year. It's a wonderful experience. But... It carries with it a big responsibility and a big challenge, and that's what we're here to talk about tonight. The, it seems to me, that's why I put this show together, it seems to me that every single person listening to this radio show right now is, even though they love the, the Pesach with all its the details, there are several challenges that we all face. Uh, we are brought into eating some foods that we're not used to eating, especially in those proportions, and that changes our body. And it makes responsibilities that we have in order to end the holiday without uh, being overweight and to feel well during the eight days and to be able to makayim all the mitzvahs properly. It's a very big challenge to eat all that matzah, to drink all that wine, and those nashes that they're giving out today with all of that um, uh, potato starch. It does a job on every single person, and we're going to talk tonight about the foods about from Pesach in the way in which we can better prepare ourselves to enjoy the Yom Tov and to only get the good out of it without any of the negative that can come from a big change in our diet. So that's why we invited Mrs. Fischelis here tonight, and you'll be able to call up a little later on. But right now, let's get started with our topic. Mrs. Fischelis, we want to talk a little bit about the kinds of changes that go on our body when we have these changes of foods. Okay. So, uh, first of all, like you mentioned, weight gain is a, a, bi- a big task that we have to try to mitigate. So, uh, I would say the biggest food group that we have to watch would be the simple carbohydrate food group, which would be the soda, the candies, the sweets, the white potatoes, the cakes. Um, protein also is an energy-producing nutrient, but more so we see the weight gain from the, from the starch intake. So though those we want to keep at best time minimum. Okay, and uh, that's just a general outline. But what let's say specifically in terms of the uh, the seder itself, where okay. we're eating so much of the we're eating so much matzah and we're drinking so much wine. First of all, I want to I really want to understand a little bit how it affects the body. What is going on inside the body when you ingest so much? Uh, normally a piece, the person eats a, a piece of bread, two pieces of bread, three pieces of bread, hal on Shabbos, maybe a few pieces. But when you have, the, you have to have a kezayis for the, the mitzvah of matzah, you have to have a, you have to have a kezayis for koirach, maybe a little smaller one, and you have to have a kezayis at the end of the meal for the afikomen. And then we have all these minhagim that you have to, you dip this, you, you got an egg, and you, and you drink, you eat this, and you eat that. I mean, and of course, we're not even talking about the moror. So, <laughs> so here we have such a, a, such a, a amount of food. I personally, when I eat this, this for years already, when I eat the Seder, I almost don't touch any food during the meal. It's basically the mitzvahs of the night and a little bit to be uh, to experience a little simchas yom tov and the mitzvah. But as far as eating a full meal, it's absolutely impossible because I love to eat the afikomen at the right time before it's too late. And and I and I don't uh, give on that <laughs> one. So it's I don't I don't can't I can't have enough time. All the kids at the really? seder, and then I have to be eat all these things and, it, and then stuff a whole meal in. It's impossible. <laughs> 
So, so you really captured it. That's what I was going to say. Shulchan Aruch should be kept to a minimum. Thing that we already consumed our, our quota we, of, of the carbohydrates and all that sugar from the wine. We really don't have to add starchy foods during Shulchan Aruch. A little bit of protein is okay, which we didn't have yet in the Seder. I mean, unless, unless you're counting the egg. But um, protein is fine in small portions, probably about three ounces or so. And um, we did have the vegetable, definitely with maror, but maybe a little soup would be a good idea. Sounds good. But something light. Right. And something light, but, but not what, all the extra. But what about all yeah. the people who are listening? What about children? You would say the same thing for the children, or would you say that they would have a different diet? No, no. Children also. I mean, it's really for all, all age ranges. They really, like, like you said, with the, the matzah and the maror, um, and all the wine, all the, it has huge amounts of sugar. Alcohol has seven calories per gram. It's really we really fulfilled our our RDA plus plus. So um, yeah, to keep to a, to really a bare minimum, the shulchan for kids as well. So you, if, they're, you, if they're still awake, you're not. But you've now lost all your friends, all the women who are preparing right. for hours and hours <laughs> for the seder. Well, there's eight days of yontif. Okay, so we can eat it the next the day. But the seder, right? Yeah, the right. seder. Keep it. Keep it to a minimum. But what You're about feel better? What about the rest of uh, rest of Pesach in terms of the actual? Uh, you know, we eat, eat a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, of this matzah, and uh, it does. It is very filling, and they eat it. Uh, we eat it quite a bit during the yontif. So would we change? Anything else we eat in the regular meals? Um, right. So first of all, if you want to switch to whole wheat matzah or spelt matzah, it's a great idea for diabetics as well. It helps. It does help keep the blood sugars more stable, and um, it, it, it also can help with constipation and bloating. The the, so the spelt especially the, probably. The spelt especially yeah. right, um, but the whole wheat also is better than the regular whenever possible. Uh huh. Um, but also, whenever you are washing on the matzah, really, um, you know, unless someone needs to gain weight, for some, they, they really should watch their starch intake in that meal. Well, one of the things yeah. that uh, I, I, some, some people say, the dietitians, they tell you to, to work out the portions beforehand. Would that be a good idea? Right, right, 100% to try to map out your, what you plan on eating during the week and then try to stick to it that way. Instead of the other way. <laughs> in terms of the in terms of the shear itself, of course, there are many different opinions. We have in our magazine, the Kashas magazine, we have a Pesach guide, and we actually have a picture of uh, the size of the matzah that you have to have, according to David Feinstein, who worked this out many many years ago. We actually have a a full picture here, which describes exactly what. The matzah should look like what the mora should look like, uh, the different kinds of mora, the lettuce stalks. If using lettuce, of course, if it's uh, if it's all, if it's the uh, horseradish, that's a little jigger. But the, yeah. if, if you're dealing with the with the, the lettuce, so we actually have a guide printed in the magazine that shows your chart, tells you the size of the matzah, and we discuss it over there. But one of the things that really is very difficult, and this is where I think throws a lot of people off, is with the the hand matzah, because the mm -hmm. hand matzah is not standardized. Uh, where machine matzah, all of them fit in the box, and they about about the same size, and you can put it right. out and lay it out. And the thickness is pretty standard. But with the uh, hand matzah, there are some matzahs that are very thick, and some matzahs that are very l wide, and uh, usually don't have wide and thick at the same time. Because each person, when they start Bait, when they start rolling out the dough, starts with the same size piece. It's just that mm -hmm. one rolls it thinner and one doesn't roll it so thin. So basically, if you use the number like a half a matzah for the shear of a, of a kazayas, for the biggest shear for the, for the mitzvah of machilas matzah in the beginning of the meal and for maybe for afikomen, the half of a, of a uh, hand matzah will definitely accomplish your task, if you want to add on the call, fine, but that's usually the, usually the number that uh, is recommended, a half a matzah, whereas with the uh, machine matzahs, you need much more, and it's got to do with inches, and we, as I said, we have it laid out in the magazine with the, uh, with the proper chart. But, uh, the, the, and with the wine or the grape juice, there also there's different shiurim that people use. Not everybody uh, has to, you don't have to drink all of the wine in the glass. You have to drink Rove Coast, the last cup 
you drink the whole cup. But the other times, you don't necessarily have to drink the entire cup. So actually, and also you can put some uh, grape juice and some wine and mix them together. And there are different other variations like that. We also discuss it in the magazine, and you, I'm sure other people know from other places. Let me ask you about the difference between wine and grape juice. Is there any difference in terms of the uh, calories and the uh, impact on our bodies? Right. Um, you probably have to look at a nutrition facts label to see exactly how much sugar is in each one. The wines. You see it, yeah. But in general, what would you say? I mean, if it's not a dry, gen- if it's a dry um, wine versus a, a, right. a, a, a sweet wine. Um, I mean, general, I would presume if it tastes sweeter, most likely it has more sugar in it. Right, but how would that stack up against grape juice? Would it be the same thing, or you? Don't oh, know? I mean, again, without looking at a label, I would presume grape juice has more sugar. Right. But I don't. I don't know that for a fact. Unless you see a label, it's hard to guess. I want to recommend to our people to be careful when you're buying uh, grape juice. When you're buying grape juice, uh, especially for the seder, you have to read the label because the new grape juices are really flavored water, and they, they take a lot of water and they or they use a, what they call reconstituted grape juice. They're using a lot of water, and uh, sometimes they make other additives there. So uh, you got to start reading the labels, and especially also with the seder, you have to read the labels in terms of mavushal and not mavushal. People who want to uh, get the mitzvah. With its, uh, without any question, we'll try often to get uh, something that's not mavushal, that's not cooked, and you have to read the labels to make sure. We also list in the Conscious Magazine which wines have water added and sugar added, which is a very big help because that's also a question about the water added and the sugar added. I'm not going to go into it on this show, but you'll see in the magazine we did a lot, a number of pages explaining the issues there with what is mavushal, what standard is mavushal, uh, which wines have the water and the grape juice, uh, the water and the sugar added, which don't have, which have just water added. It's very, very helpful. And if you discuss with your rub, you'll see that no water added, no sugar added, and, and not mavushal is the best way to go. And there are quite a few wines that fit into that category, and they're listed in the magazine. Kasha's Magazine's uh, Pesach edition, which is in the Svarim stores, and it's going to be in some of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the supermarkets markets in the near future. Um, so that's a little bit idea of that. Now, we have already started getting a few calls, but I'm not going to take the calls yet. Mrs. Fischelis, uh, another topic we wanted to discuss was uh, the potato starch. Mm-hmm. What about that? I mean, what would you say, you know, there a lot of the foods are coming with potato starch, and, uh, you know, if, it, if it's a matzo meal, maybe there's a little some normal value. I don't know if it is, but something a little more normal. But, but there's so many of these noshes today, and yeah. it's unbelievable how, uh, how much time, how much money is spent for cakes that look like real cakes and taste like real cakes and cost three or four or five times the price. <laughs> and people buy this, and they eat it again and again and again. And uh, it seems to me that they're eating uh, junk food. Yeah. So, right, because it's tough, because we're limiting a lot of things we would normally have during the year, so we, we can easily resort to these, these cakes and, and noshes, but um, the trick really is to buy as limited amount as possible, and that, that's, that's really the answer. If you're going to have it in the house, you're going to be tempted to have it, so you just you have to try to avoid it at all costs. I'm not saying entirely, but um, really, really to minimum. Again, this goes across all ages for the kids as well there's no reason why they have to have so much of it um, the incidence of childhood obesity and, and diabetes is on the rise so they they don't need it and and the elderly as well so keep it to a minimum instead um, we want to load up on fresh fruits and vegetables and homemade desserts such as baked apples applesauce um, even um, things such as Greek yogurts could be used as a snack Soups, people use um, baked sweet potatoes, cottage cheese with fruit or vegetables, nuts, seeds, all, the, all these types of things. As, that you want to try to go with the foods that are as close to nature as possible. Beautiful. Unprocessed. Very important, very important. Is it possible to do it? I suppose, are there some recipes, are there some uh, books or recipes that you would recommend? 
it is. Um, again, I mean, there's plenty of, of Kosher Le Pesach cookbooks on the market. You just have to really pick through them, which I, I definitely enjoy doing, and I can try to help people. But um, I would say, uh, a few, again, like we say, some recipes ideas would be, again, uh, you could do some uh, spicy baked sweet potatoes, uh, grilled vegetables, vegetable kugels, soups, um, chicken soup, cabbage soup, vegetable soup, zucchini soup, uh, lecho, a, a vegetable omelet, fruit salad, like we said, baked apples, compote, well, all different types of salads, ratatouilles. The key here really is, um, again, um, focusing on increasing fruits and vegetables and, and lean proteins. I want, I want to discuss one shiloh that exists, and uh, everybody has their take on it. I'm not, so I'm not going to make a decision for anybody. Ideally, according to the, according to the Shulchan Aruch, you're supposed to have 14 seudos on the Yomtov. And if you add it up today, it would be 17 because you have an extra day, and everybody has, uh, a lot of people have the last day of Pesach, an extra Suda, the Suda Mashiach there, they have a sort of, they, uh, they have at the end of uh, Neil Sachag. So actually, you'd have 17 Seudos. Now, if a person has all the Shiurim of the Matzah at all these times, and then he adds on a whole meal, so a person really, that's not the way most people eat in, in the course of the week. So mm-hmm. if, if that is something, you know, if you're doing it L'Shem Shemayim, fine. But uh, if it could be that you could, if, you, if you don't feel, uh, if your Rav doesn't tell you that you must do that, then maybe uh, you don't can limit some of those uh, weekdays, the Cholamoyed uh, meals, as being starting off with the, with the, uh, with the uh, matzah. Because what happens is that to, to be able to properly wash and bench, you have to have what we call a beitza of, of bread, which in this case a matzah, which is a double shear of a kezayis, which is at least that half a matzah or more, and that's quite a bit. So uh, when you talk about hand matzah, um, mm-hmm. machine matzah is more than one whole matzah, and a lot of people, especially women and children, they can't eat that much. So they take a little bit of matzah and they munch on it. And then they create a whole problem with the bracha of al-tisadayim, the bracha for benching, and, and then also not just the bracha of benching. But if you don't have enough matzah or enough bread, then, you ha- then you're creating a shayla where you really should have made the brachas on the individual foods. So if a person is not able to eat a serious amount of matzah, then don't wash on it, even though it seems like it's a mitzvah, but sometimes that mitzvah comes with a virus by not saying the proper brachos, by, and, and, and then it would be damage we might do to our body by uh, overeating too much. So it, it's something that uh, you could discuss with a rov. I don't want to paskin here. I just want to say that you have to realize that if, if, you, if you're forcing yourself to eat so much bread, or in this case matzah, then it, it causes that change of, a, it's just becomes a very, very rich meal and uh, very taxing for the body, the heart, the other parts of the body to work on it, to be able to digest all that food. So a little lighter meals would be helpful. Not everything has to be flesics. My, my father, I love show, when he grew up in America and then he grew up in the east side of Manhattan, he told me that in the beginning he only had a flesic Pesach. They never had any milk. Because they didn't have any kashul pesach milk so that's a different generation. Now everything is available, absolutely everything. I mean, the people uh, today uh, they have uh, macaroni on pesach and they have pizza on pesach and they have, and and they and you know something that's what they call it macaroni and pizza. They don't say I'm having something that's a flavor of macaroni. I'm having macaroni and pizza, and I'm just and they don't even think about what's what it's doing to them physically and what and. What we're losing in the spirit of what Pesach is all about. It's supposed to be a, a time of lechem oni, of poor man's bread, limited only to something like matzah and not to such rich foods as uh, they're actually eating, which I, I don't know the damage in the body. Have you, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Fischelis, what, ha- what happens after Pesach? Some of your patients come to you, your clients come to you, and they tell you that uh, I'm in trouble now? Is that what happens? <laughs> I'll tell you. We actually have both ends of the spectrum. Some, some come grinning and some come crying. Oh, it, all, it all depends on what, how much work you're going to put into it. That's the bottom line. 
I know the ones it that, is possible, yeah. but it, it's going to take some effort and preparation and planning. Well, that's what this show is about, to try to help people and energize them into doing that. We're going to take some callers in just a minute. I'm going to give out the numbers. You can reach us at 718-683-5858 to speak to Mrs. Ruchama Shellis or to uh, a di- registered dietitian or to myself, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashus Magazine, discussing the foods of Pesach, especially the impact they have on our body and the choices we make in order to maintain our proper weight, our proper health, and feeling strong and, and, and active and not to feel knocked out and tired from all the food. Anyway, 718-683-5858. And if you want to text us, try 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. And I just want to say a word about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, and just one second. I want to let the listeners know that we also have a book, which is written by Mrs. Beth Warren, which is, uh, I don't have the book in front of me, I actually have the wording. It's called Real Foods, and uh, it's talking about how you can eat a uh, healthy diet and uh, not not to gain weight, feel well, and it's very uh, it's a very very good book written by a registered dietitian, and uh, the book is uh, thirty dollars including the shipping. If you'd like to get that book, I have three copies left. You can reach us at seven one eight. 336-8544, If you like that book by Mrs. Warren, we've spoken about it, and we've gotten very good response to it from the from the listeners who have uh, who have bought it. So, uh, and I like the book myself. Read it. Read it very thoroughly. And uh, if you'd like to get that, call us at 718-336-8544. But right now, call this number. 718-683-5858 to speak to Mrs. Fischels and you can talk about the foods of Pesach you can talk about diet, nutrition and any of the issues that you may have or your children may have but just before we start again I'm going to mention about our sponsor which is Glotmart conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M when I think of Glotmart I think of price, service, convenience and quality because whether you shop for a few items or a full wagon load you can save plenty of money by shopping in Glotmart and you also save plenty of time by using their uh, valet parking service you just pull into the uh, to Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance they'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with the, all those special items you purchased in the store and at Glotmart, the quality of the meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and Vatakashas of Flatbush. With base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dovin Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J Root Radio. And now we're going to go to the busy phones. For Mrs. Schwitzschellis, we're going to have to have a lot of calls here. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, I hear the beeps. <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead. You're on the air. You're on cautious on the air with Mrs. Uh, Ruchama Fischellis and Rabbi Yosef Wickler. Go ahead. You're there. Hello? Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. I just wanted to observe. Maybe I didn't understand what you said, but if I understood that you say that because it's written down Lechem Oini, it should be like a kind of not a rich food. A festival or whatever. No, 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 no. The, the matzah, the matzah is lechem yeah. only. So what, what, what we're avoiding supposedly is cake and uh, danishes. Instead, we're eating danishes and blintzes and this and that, and we're using either matzah meal or potato starch and machin the zel- the, the, making it the same. Of course, we can have rich foods. We're supposed to yomtiv is a yomtiv. We're supposed yeah. to enjoy yomtiv. But but the, what they're doing is they're corrupting the concept. Of what of what Pesach is all about. Pesach is to remind us that lechem that uh, that we live on Hashem's bread and we just it's just flour and water and uh, and in need of matzah being uh, you know something that we we should uh, do quickly. Instead, what they're doing is they're making things out of matzah meal. They're making things out of uh, they're making things out of they're calling cakes and they're confusing the people. They're they're not okay. teaching the lesson that pe- that Pesach is all about. So let me observe something. I'm, uh, you said you're not a rabbi or whatever. I don't present myself as a rabbi. I'm just like a listener. So let me tell you. First of all, there was, it was written in the Torah, Lechem Oini, which one of the interpretations is the poor people's bread or whatever. is one of the interpretations. The Gemara brings up Lechem Oini. Yeah, and so on and so on. This is number one. Secondly, the Lechem Oini comes 
to remind us what we have gone through in Mitzrayim. We were poor, we suffered, etc., etc., etc. But that's it. it the, the concept of is not now you should be never poor eating all this. No, because this, we didn't this, say this, that. Let, no, please, if you could be so kind to let me finish. And I will listen to you as much as you want. So the concept of Yom Tev, that means there's no, and, and, you know, in this man of Bishamekdesh, in the time of Bishamekdesh, meaning there's no festival, no happiness, and so what, only with meat, and the intention was the meat of the Korbonis, the Shlomin that they used to bring. Today, that there's no Bishamekdesh, it's written down, that means the, um, the, exp- the expression, or it gets expressed and filled. The simcha, the part of lachem, of you, the, the half of to enjoy the festival by eating meat and wine. But the concept of Yom Tev is Yom Tev. We have to remember that we've been in Mitzrayim and over there there was uh, misery and poverty and blah, blah, blah. We fulfill it. The mitzvah of eating matzah is only a kezais in the first night. You can spend all your Yom Tev not even touching matzah, except the Sula Shabbos that there is a union to eat the, some kind of bread. Uh, the only the Goyen brings the Shite, which is some of the Rishonim, the Goyenim say that there is a mitzvah kiyumis by eating matzah. That means you're not mandatorily obligated and supposed to eat matzah on Pesach only the first night. On the other hand, if you eat during Pesach matzah, you're making a mitzvah. That means you're, you fulfill a mitzvah. Uh, it's not, the plain aloha, it's not that. The plain aloha says you're not allowed to eat, to eat chometz. If you, eat, if you want to eat some, some kind of bread-like or some substitute of bread, so you have to eat it. It should be, home, uh, it should be matzah and not fermented. But the, the concept of eating to remind us poverty and misery, blah, 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 is only the first night, the first night. From then on, you're ready to go to enjoy your Yom Tov as much as you can, like any other Yom Tov. And this, I think, according to my humble opinion, is not regarding other food, but including things that come from green. You, I, I don't see any contradiction from alochedik, not emotionally, not sentimentally, not what the feeling is for, because you remember them by my grandmother, they barely had... Uh, some matches and some potatoes and uh, and that's it. So uh, so I alochadik. Uh, there is no contradiction and nothing wrong according to my humble opinion. And I might be wrong. I think I'm not wrong to, to enjoy and to make any kind of uh, enjoyable food, even if it's from the grains. Okay. Like uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Right now, I have to go interfere. We have a lot of phone calls. We got your opinion. Okay. And I'm I'm sorry to cut you on it because we our phone line is ready re, so busy. No problem. And thank I you, I appreciate. And we we'll enjoyed the holiday according to our tradition. And Baruch Hashem, we will celebrate, celebrate Pesach Birushalayim in Mashiach Ben David. Bezad Hashem. Okay. Oh, let, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that call. But before we go into the call, I just want to say something quickly in, in response. I didn't disagree with the caller at all, and I didn't say anything different than he said. He put a strength, stress on, on one point. But what I what I want to say is the following. I read this every day. I, I sit in, you know, I, I work in Kashrus. Now we have for not not for Pesach, we just now have a new bacon flavored cracker with a, a, a with a with a kosher, kosher certification that's got a dairy it's dairy and it's kosher and it's bacon flavored we have many of these we have a company called bacon in b a a a c o n instead of bacon it's called bacon it, it's 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 all and you know faking and this we all with people are playing too close to the box it may be halachically permitted, and it may even create simchas yomtov, but it is confusing the next generation. When I was brought up, you had to say that this was parava ice cream. You had to say that this was this was imitation crab. 
if you, if you even had it. You had to say that this is parva, uh, margarine. We had to use the word parva. Today, there's no busha when people put on the menu crab in a frum restaurant. They don't care if they use the word bacon. And they don't care. It's all changed. And to take Pesach, which represents the idea of matzah as part of the Pesach holiday, and say, we eat we eat pizza on Pesach, we eat bagels on Pesach, we eat all of this stuff on Pesach. It definitely does a bad job and in, in it does not, uh, does not uh, properly uh, communicate with our next generation about what Pesach represents. So I, that, in that regard, I disagree with the caller. Let me take the other calls. Go ahead. You're on Kashas on the air. Go ahead, Hello? please. Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, is it so posh to, to take, like, a, a, people don't have matzah from other, like, families, or, or they, they need to make the matzah in the store themselves? My friend was telling me that it's not so posh because, you know. Let me hear. I want to hear you. I want to hear your question. He says that, that it's not good to have matzah, like machine matzah or something. It just, it just, it's, it's only good to, it's only good to have um, matzah that you make yourself. Okay, but, okay, in, in other words, you should be there and make sure that it's done properly. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and he said they can't trust everybody all the time. Okay, well, let, you know, that's, that, that's a little bit of a limit to that. But anyway, how old are you, and what yeshiva are you in? I'm 15. And what yeshiva? Mir. Mir, very good. Thank you for calling. Listen to the answer. I'm going to answer you. Don't get off the air. Don't leave them on. Yeah, uh, this is not our topic tonight, but I'll take it up anyway. When... I believe that people should get involved, like you're saying, in the baking of the matzah. I believe that it should be bought from a chabura where people actually go down that you know that spent the time there. Because over the years, and I work very close to the matzah baking, I'm there at the oven watching every matzah come out, taking in my hand every single matzah. Ooh, even it's hot. And I take it in my hand, and at the end of the day, my hand is black. And it hurts a little bit, and I touch every matzah to make sure that it's properly done. And I put these in this pile, and then the ones that I don't take are sold by the store to the next to, to somebody who buys it who has not been there and not seen it. I yeah, also, yeah, but, huh? yeah. Yeah, but on the totally side side question is is, is uh, after that is is all Red Bull kosher also? All what? Red Bull kosher. I didn't hear the word we said. Red Bull. Red Bull. Uh, not all of it, I think. You'll have to look for a, a, a KF, I believe, on it. Anyway, uh, as, far as, as far as this goes, it's preferable to get from a chabura. Most of the shuls have a chabura that goes down and is involved in the baking of the matzah, and that's definitely the way to buy it. But it costs more, and if people don't, can't afford that, so no, definitely cannot say that if you buy it from the store that it's not kosher or Pesach. I wouldn't say that at all. I just say it's a lot of hidurim to have somebody actually go down there and being at the baking. Okay, another caller. Go ahead. Yaron Kashu's on the air. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I've been having this question for like a few weeks. Do you have to check vacuum-packed flour? Vacuum-packed flour, you mean, you're, not even talking about, you're not talking about Pesach now. The answer is that uh, some people are checking flour and some people are not. And I, it's not clear, you know, that you should do it or shouldn't do it. That's something you should ask your own rub or have somebody, your mother, oh, but ask this one's vacuum-packed. It's a company that makes vacuum It doesn't make a difference. It, the question is whether, it, it, even if it's pre-sifted, uh, some people feel that you should check it and some people don't. That's uh, not going to be able to you that you ask your own rope. Anyway, that's not for Pesach. Let's go, please. Thank I, you. I'm you too. Okay, please. A whole question, a Pesach <laughs> question for Mrs. Vichelis or for Rabbi Wickler. Go ahead, please. Yeah, hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes. Another point about this, about what you were saying about all these new Pesach food uh, on a different angle would be the point that each Yomtev has an aspect of, of a different aspect and Pesach would be an aspect of self-control. Right. Meaning, Meaning you will get on Yom Tif, you, you will be satisfied with a different type of thing where you have, and you'll be, uh, the Simchus Yom Tif will be private that you control your, what, your inclination how much you want to eat. You have to be restricted. And here, they are eating, they're feeding into the culture, today's culture of grabbing whatever you can. And, and not giving up anything, right? It's a definite, different, right. Different. And, and in fact, every Yom Tif should have a, the, the, um, well, if they sukkah, you have to eat outside and sleep in the sukkah. It's not all just to grab and grab and grab. And right. this type of culture would be the wrong uh, way. 
thank, of doing things. Thank you very much. But, but Mrs. Fischels did say that you can make a, you can have a very enjoyable time and have a lot of good good food and nashes, but do it in a way which is, like you said, a little bit more controlled and not just uh, buy everything packaged and uh, ready-made the way we do it all year. Yeah, thank you. One more question I want to ask you about machine matzahs. As we know, there was a hundreds of years, over a hundred years ago at least, there was a major discussion. The price came brought down about machine matzahs. But I was wondering about one thing about machine matzahs today. That one of the one of the reasons they were making the price game is because it was manually machine operated much more than today. How does how does today's price game who permit machine matzahs are not worried about the when it's when it's really electronic all the way? Operate by electricity all okay. the way, not yeah. manually. Okay, these are not questions for Mrs. Fischel. Uh, the, the answer to that question, I'm going to answer you briefly, is that uh, there's two kinds of matzah. We had it on the show last week. There's two kinds of matzah, that which you eat for the mitzvah, and for that you should have l'shei matzah's mitzvah, and that which you eat all peso, just you should have to make sure that it's not chometz. Machine matzahs, to make them really properly, need that it's, uh, in my estimation, that you have to turn it off every 18 minutes and clean the machinery thoroughly. That's being done in some of the places in Eretz Israel. The plain companies in America, it's basically one or two companies, don't necessarily do that. They may have special runs that way, but they don't necessarily do that. But in Israel, the ones, let's say, under the, the, the Badats, so they are definitely uh, cleaning the machinery every 18 minutes. What they have is two lines, one's running this way and one's running that way. And the Lishmo aspect, the thing is not completely done by, uh, by a machine. It's needed a certain amount by hand, and, it, and, it's, and there's, a, there's a lot of hand operation there in order to be able to make that it is Lishmo. And, of course, they're involved in it, turning it on, etc. L'shei Matzah's Mitzvah. And as far as, uh, you know, as far as that goes, whether or not uh, you would use it for the Seder is, is, your, is your decision. Uh, you, you might want to choose the hand Matzah for the Seder, and the machine matzah for the rest of the time. But in, in, in general, I would tell you, if you're buying machine matzahs, to make very, very sure that you get a good, a good company, because some of the companies, especially in America, are not, uh, my humble estimation, are not clean enough. I spoke with a gentleman who worked as a mashkiach in the, one of the companies in America, and he, sh- and he told me he put his hand in, and he got gobs of chametz that was sitting in the machinery, and, the, and his supervisor, for the, for the, the rabbinic supervisor, told him, don't put your hand in so far, because you might get hurt. <laughs> so that's, that oh, seems wow. to be what's going on, and uh, you do have exposure to things that, where, they, where they rely a certain amount of bittel before Pesach. Thank you for the call. We have many calls. Go ahead, next, please. You're on Kashas on the air. Go ahead, please. Huh? Yes, you're on the air. Yes. If if someone ate kibrox that doesn't have a minute to kibrox, like, does he have to change his minig if he ate it by mistake? No. You keep your you keep your minute. A person, if a person ate on the, on a tannis, you still stop eating. You know, your minute is your minute. It has nothing to do with what you did once. Don't worry about it. Okay. Thank you for okay. calling in. Okay, another okay. caller. Uh, okay. Rabbi, before this, we have some text message. Oh, I didn't see that. I'm okay. showing up here. This. Okay. Um, please advise the diabetic people how to drink to drink wine and matzah and be mekayem mitzvah. Okay. That's that's for Mrs. Fischel. That's for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. That one is yours. I was waiting. <laughs> Okay, so like you said, in terms of the chiyuvim, I'm not going to touch that. So okay. whatever you know, they feel the chiyuv is, or the rav tells them that they have to do. But um, like we said, they they should try to preferably take the spelt matzah, which has um, the best effects on the sugar. If not the spelt, then the whole wheat. Um, and then the rest of the time, they should really, really watch the starch intake. Uh huh. And uh, as far as the, uh, well, obviously, what I would tell this person who was calling, I was texting, you know, first you've got to go through the the halachas with the rav, and uh, we have it in the book very clearly, in the magazine, we explain uh, the minimum shirim. 
But if a person, uh, if, a, if a person should understand, as I said, you don't have to drink the full shear, and you can try to uh, dilute it to the extent that it'll be halakhically acceptable. There are people who use, uh, for example, the four courses, they might use something else that's not even uh, wine or grape juice, the tea or the, the, the milk or whatever it is, the, the other beverages that were permitted. And uh, that, you know, they, they would have to have uh, one of those items, one of the different kind of beverage, that, of course, would be permitted. Remember, we're dealing on the, the, on the, uh, the four cups as a drabonin. It's not from the Torah. The Torah requirement of the Seder is uh, basically the, uh, the, the eating the matzah and, of course, saying uh, the Haggadah. But the actual eating the matzah is the only deraisa. Even though there are three places that you're supposed to eat at the Seder, which you mentioned before, the, when you make the hamotzi and the, matzah, the brach on the matzah, and then afterwards you have kairach with the, where you make the sandwich, and at the end when you have the afikomen, there are three times you have to eat matzah. But if a person has a special situation, then they definitely should make sure that at least that the first Kazayas that they eat as much as possible. And I want to tell you an important psak for my Rebbe Zatzal. And uh, I saw it. Uh, I saw it. I saw it from other people as well. It's a. I think it was Shlomo Zalman Braun. No, not from my Rebbe. From Shlomo Zalman Braun, who uh, was the mechaber of the uh, of the sh- of the uh, uh, of the. Uh, We'll come back in one second. Name the safer, well-known safer. Um, so, so he, uh, Rabbi Brown said that just like there's a mitzvah, and by an aveira, I'm sorry, by an aveira, you get an aveira by doing even a little bit of the aveira. It's just that you don't get punished for it. But that's considered a little bit of the aveira is a little bit uh, still is still uh, d- breaking the Torah law. It's just that you didn't get punished for it. The um, the Sharmitsyana Bahalacha. So he said that uh, you, 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 just like that, by an Aveira, doing a little bit is Usr, and it's Usr from the Torah. It's just that you didn't get the Aveira, you didn't get the Onesh, you can't get punished for it. So too with a mitzvah. If you did a little bit of the mitzvah, even if you don't finish the mitzvah, I lost somebody, uh, Mrs. Fischelis? Mrs. Fischelis, you have to call her back. Um, here you see, here's the number. If you, if you, uh, with a mitzvah, if you did part of the mitzvah and you didn't complete it, you also got something for the mitzvah. You just didn't get the full mitzvah. But it's, you have to try to do on the Seder night as much as you can. So if you can't eat a full kezayis, eat something, even a little bit. The question of bracha comes up now. And that's when my Rebbe came in. My Rebbe said that it's better for the husband to make the bracha or somebody who can eat the full shear and is not afraid of eating too much uh, horseradish or too much lettuce or too much matzah, he could eat the full amount, let him make the bracha and let the other person answer amen. But eat a little bit. Even if you just eat a little bit, you're getting a part of that mitzvah. So again, if you really can eat wheat, and there's nothing else available because you don't have spelt matzah and you can't do anything else. So you can't, but from the mitzvah. But if you can eat a little bit, even a drop, then you should eat it uh, even a little bit. But as far as the bracha, don't make the bracha unless you can have the full amount. Now, now when you break your goffin, you even can have just a taste. It won't necessarily be Mekayim the, mitz- the, the Arba Kaisis. So most Rabbanim would say, if you're not going to drink a lot, I mean at least an ounce or two, then it's better to have a different beverage, one that you would drink a serious amount of. I want to say something about uh, gluten-free matzah and stuff like this, that I think that uh, people that suffering from gluten, Pesach is the best holiday for them. And I know that they have so many products that are basically gluten-free, the from uh, potato starch, uh, starch, and the matzah of, uh, you know, from England, the, the gluten-free matzah, and from oat. So this is, uh, beside, uh, we have uh, a caller, so it will take... Go ahead. Go ahead. You are unconscious on the air. Go ahead. What's the difference between domino sugar and hisachta sugar? Domino and hisachtas? You'll have to ask hisachtas and ask domino. I don't know what they do. I mean, uh, if you're asking, is it the same company and they're just putting a different label on? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yes, maybe no. I have no idea. Yeah, but that's, no cool. but the, point, okay. the point is like this. When you're taking a hashkocha, 
let's say Hisachtus or uh, uh, whatever it is, I don't know, some the Volvarov or something, you're taking, the, let's say, we call Hamish Ashkocha. So sometimes, you're right, they may give you a plain product and just uh, they know that it's no problem. But they've done some research into it beforehand. A lot of times they do very, very different procedures than the, uh, than the national Ashkochas. So when you're buying into the, uh, the Hamish Ashkochas, you're doing it in order to get their expertise and let them make the decision. If you're going to try to second-guess them, sometimes you're going to be surprised. Maybe there is a very big difference. But again, if it's a national Ashkochas that you, you rely upon, the OU, the OK, the Kafka, Star K, you can rely on them. I'm just saying if a person wants Is the, there anyone I could call? Like, is there anyone else I could find out from? This particular question? Hisachtas yeah. or Abonin? Uh-huh. Or the OU, whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, you can't, there's no other way I could tell you because you have to go down to the plant that they're making it in. Okay, and also one more question. Is, you know what type of grapes they use for grape juice? What kind of grapes they use for grape juice? Do you know? Yeah, um, because we're not going to have um, grapes, you know, like raisins. So how are they able to make... How do they make grape juice? So that is, I don't, I don't really know enough to answer that question. I didn't really uh-huh. ask anybody. I, I, uh, but you have to. Wonder, I'll gotta explain it to you a little bit, and you'll understand. There's, there's what we call, what you should do, and uh, there's what is already. So we call lechatchil and bedievet. Even if they didn't do anything to check these uh, the grapes when they made them into 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 wine. Even if they didn't do anything to check them, there is not going to be anything after all the filtration and the processing. There's not going to be anything left. Pasteurization. There's not going to be anything left, which is uh, which is uh, uh, which which wouldn't be bottle anyway. So for our purposes, it shouldn't really matter. The question right. is whether they are doing the right thing. It means the cashless agencies and the company whether they're doing enough before to make sure that there are no bugs in there. That's their responsibility. But for our responsibility, so if it would be something that would be a bug that would still be there, so then we couldn't eat it either. But if, it's, if these kinds of bugs that are getting in there, with all the work that's done on the wine, there cannot be anything left anymore, and therefore it shouldn't be a problem for us. We could buy the wine and we could use it. Whether they're doing the right thing, that only you could ask them and, and decide, but that really isn't too important to us. Thank you for the How old are you and what school? No, I'm, I'm older. Thanks. How, what school? Okay, you're not involved in the yeshiva anymore? Is not schools anymore? Okay, thank yeah, you very no, much. thank you. Thank you very okay. much for calling. Okay, some people sound young. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, get on the air. This is, hello, Robert Wickley. You recognize my voice? It's Avram. Okay, Avram. Well, you're not sitting next to me. That's why I can't recognize it. <laughs> okay, I've been on the show a couple of times, but right. there you recognize it. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I've been on the show, I ran the show a couple of times. Listen, I know you're on the, on the show, but let's go, we have a few minutes left. Yeah, I just want to know, Rabbi Wickler, you're going to make us gain a lot of weight, because I've been looking for this halacha that you have to eat 14 sudas and yantav. I'm not sure which place, I mean, if you can enlighten us. The only time you have to eat the sudas is on yantav, on Yechalamai, you have to eat, only Rablazer and sukkah, all like that. You didn't read the Heligas Forum. There are plenty of people pushing the 14 suitors. There are plenty of people. I just don't there know. Pl- I looked there in the school of, and I couldn't find it. There are plenty it. of people pushing it. There are plenty of Svarim that are pushing it. Like, but, anyway, uh, I, maybe you should pick out the Chumras. I'm not sure about that Chumras. <laughs> anyway, I don't recommend it. Okay, thank you for the call. Uh, Go ahead. You're on the air. You're on Kashis on the air. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? I wanted to know about uh, Manashevich Shemur Matzah. I have no idea. What do you want to know about it? Oh no! I wanted to know if it was good. If it was good, Listen, I, I, I have. Uh, you'll have to ask whoever gives Ashkocha or the company. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Yes. Hi. Um, I know you were only covering Pesach issues, but I, I had an incident, and did, since you did mention bugs, so <laughs> and you did have a show about, it, I had an incident that really shook me up. Um, I when I make my chicken soup, I put lima beans on the top of the soup. A cousin of mine had said to me, "You know what? I use one of those boiler bags. It's much neater, and for kashrus, it's better." So I started doing the boiler bags and putting the lima beans in the boiler bean bags. Um, last week, I 
did the cooking. On a Friday, it was a little rushed. I took out the boiler bag, and I was going to put some beans on the blech in a little pan, and I started separating the beans, and I see that one bean, it's totally sealed, nothing broken on it, nothing cracked, but there's some black spots. So I carefully removed it and opened the shell of the bean, and to my shock, there were like eight little bugs sitting there in the bean. Wow. Amazing. I, I have never seen that. Well, that's a, it's very common in beans. And uh, if you have Rabbi Vaya's uh, book, you'll see the pictures of the beans with the, the same or the same what you saw. Maybe he doesn't have eight. Maybe he only has one. But th- th- that's definitely where there are many of them are found. Uh, I suggest to many of our readers to get the Rabbi Vaya's book, which is B'dika Samazel Lahalacha. It's written in English, the one that just came out. We also sell that book. If you want to reach us at 718-336-8544, we'll get you that book. It's a very, very helpful book. I have a dozen of those sitting around. But you, but you should definitely uh, look in there, and they'll give you pictures, and it makes it a lot easier for you to look. I thank you very much you for know, the call. You know, my, yeah. my, what really threw me was that I'm very careful when I cook the beans. I wash them carefully. I pick them through. But this is something that I, I can't even figure how you could avoid. I, like this past week, I was cooking can, the beans again. I can't figure out how you could avoid such a thing. They tell you in the book, it tells you, how to prepare every type of bean. Get the book. It costs uh-huh. $25, and we, the delivery is $5, or you can buy it in a store at $25. We, deliver, we, sell it, we send it to you in the mail at $30. 336 Thank you very much for the call. Uh, one, one other yeah. thing for Mrs. Fischella. Good, 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 yeah. Um, my daughter has a baby that's going to be on solids right before Pesach. Um, mm-hmm. Some suggestions of what to feed a baby that you know who that's starting solids. Just starting solids. First, you want to start with the vegetables. So you don't have to buy the jars. You can you know just take out from your soup vegetables or co- or cook up on your own and then puree. After the vegetables, you move on to the fruits. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. that's probably it. I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be it for Yontif wise. Right. Right. It's a very good idea. Thank you for the call. Thank you. And have Thank a hot kasha with some We Thank hope people will still call you. If you want to call Mrs. Fischel, so you don't have to talk only about Pesach. You can talk about your issues that you want to speak to a dietitian. Seven, we, you can call us here at the studio. We have a few minutes left. 718-683-5858. Again, 718-683-5858. We have uh, a question for one of the Ibrook uh, talking that uh, she, she asked if uh, Mrs. Fischel talking Hebrew because she need to ask she da- she didn't she doesn't understand so good English so if I'm uh, David you speak Hebrew or don't Mrs. Fischels okay so okay I, I, after the show I'll t- I'll we'll, have to say, we'll, we'll okay. check it out later okay. on okay okay, okay thank so you the call, call. go ahead you're unconscious Hello? on the air go ahead you're on the air hi I, I want I'm calling about a few um, a few phone calls ago that somebody called about the grapes Right. For the wines? Right. Right. So um, so there was a Shiloh like a few years ago with the grapes that they have bugs in them. That's what we were talking about, right. Right. So so what did they end up coming out with? It's the same thing as it was before. It never changed. Meaning that they never had bugs in them? No, 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 no. There's no question that there are, in, there are insects in some of the grapes. And, and then they're, they get into their, the raisins have... Have them right. inside. The question is, how many, and yeah. where they're coming from? Does it all year round? Is it only some pl- lots? So everybody has a different approach. We've mentioned on this show many times. In the book, Rabbi Vaya's book, it describes exactly how to prepare grapes. You do have to wash it very, very thoroughly. And I would suggest that if you want to get more information, you can, you can uh, send to us uh, an email at kashrus at aol.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at aol.com, or you call us at 718-336-8544, and I'll go through you with the process, and I'll put you in touch with Rabbi Goldstein if you have further questions. Mm-hmm. I would definitely will get you to be able to eat these things, but yes, there is work that has to be done, and it's not as it's not 100% uh, just, just take, it, take it and wash it briefly and put it in your mouth. No, uh-huh. some work has to be done, and you have to examine them for just what this woman said two callers ago. You yeah. have to see the grape, 
and you have to see if there's black spots under the skin. You can see under it from the, the out. You can see it from the outside, black spots, and that there's something going on under the skin. Mean, and you meaning also, you have to peel it? No, you don't peel it. It's just if you see that, then you have a problem. And if you don't see that, you still have to wash them very, very thoroughly. And exactly how, I suggest you call us, 718-336-8544, or you email us, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Thank you very much for the call. You're welcome. Okay, you're on Cassius on the Air. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the radio. Hi. I, um, I, I see the... I must, I must have found recently. I see the big kosher stores are buying things like uh, dried fruit and nuts and putting it in their own uh, packaging. <clears throat> Is there, um, do you know if there's any, any hashgacha on, on their packaging, making sure that the people packaging it is it's not getting it mixed up with uh, things from the rest of the year? No, we, there, obviously you have to, you have to have hashgacha on that, that in the individual store. The uh, Hamish supermarkets have sometimes, some of them have, on the packaging, meaning that there's somebody who actually is watching when the non-Jews are putting them into packages, or he supervises. They don't market. Some, what? No. So the non. They don't market. No, they may or they may not market, but some stores have a mashkiach on the premises, and his job might include these functions. Uh, it's not true they don't market. Some st- advertisements will mention that we have this and this hashkocha on certain things. You have to ask in the store, and even if the mashkiach is on it, the truth of the matter is that it is a, a challenge because the, uh, the mashkiach cannot stand it the whole time. He's got other, other, other things he has to be busy with. And so what he does is he may stop by a little bit. And, and it, it definitely takes a, a certain stores have a, a stronger control on, on this and certain stores don't. This is something you'd have to find out. The mashkiach, see what you're happy with. That's something mm-hmm. you'd have to ask. But regular supermarkets that are not under hashkoch at all, of course, they could put anything in there. Thank you for the call. Okay, we have another call. Go ahead, you're unconscious on the air. This is the last caller? Okay, go ahead, you're unconscious on the air. Yeah, I have a question. It might be more of a halachic or an ashkothic question. Um, my, my shiver is a Sfadi. I'm pure but Ashkenazi, and I don't know if this was mentioned before. And while he eats the thicker matas at the Suda, um, and of course, according to his Messiah to say that my question is also for my children, right? So I don't let them eat it, or, or I don't know if I should, but the question is, in what level do I have to be shamer? Like, I'm, I, I'm not but not like that I eat in front of a napkin. So do I have to go crazy, make sure it doesn't touch anything? What are, you've probably encountered this shayla. I know it's not a specific Ashkafic question, but what would you suggest for Ashkafic purpose? How do you educate children this difference, and to what level should one be makbed on it? That's a good question, and if you'll call me, I'll discuss it. We don't have enough time right now. 718-336-8544. Leave, your me- leave a message. If I'm not there, I'll call you back. Okay, go ahead. One more caller. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the air. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, you mentioned that we should wash dill pickles before eating them. I want to know if this still applies now. Yes, it does. You know how long it takes? About one second. No? Right, but I just want to know, top, is there, like, it's, it's going to, eventually you're not going to have to anymore, or? Uh, the, the Hamisha ones meaning, you know, uh, some of the Hamish ones will be able to announce that they don't have a problem anymore. I haven't followed up on it. Maybe I should look into it again, and maybe I will speak to Rabbi Goldstein, and maybe he'll come on for a little bit next in two weeks. Uh, next week, we, do, we have as our guest... Rabbi uh, Rabinowitz, who comes to us from the OU, discusses Pesach issues every year with all different products. So next week, call with all your Pesach product questions, and he will be here to answer all of them. And then the following week will be the wrap-up. I'm not sure exactly who's going to be on, but we've tried to get a few people on, and we may have somebody uh, for the show. If not, I I have a lot of issues that I want to take up with you. So uh, you can get all your good questions about Pesach, the very last show, which is April 7th. So next week, Rabbi Rabinowitz, make sure to be here. Uh, you can reach me, Rabbi Joseph Wickler, at 718-336-8544. If you'd like to get the, the Kashas Magazine Passover Guide, if you want to subscribe to the magazine, if you have questions of importance. And uh, th- thank you very much, Mrs. Fischelis, for joining us. I'm sorry they didn't give you more questions. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Before the show closes, I just want to make mention of two quick points. One is the importance of eating protein together with the starch, namely the masa, to keep the blood sugars down especially for diabetics. And uh, the second point, exercise. 
We there should we not go. forget about it. Absolutely. All times on Yontif. Even I'm on Yontif, you can take walking. a walk. I'm talking about walking. Right. I'm not talking about joining a gym, anything vigorous. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And Mrs. Pichelle's can be reached at what telephone number? Uh, 718-998-1567. 718-998-1567. Mrs. Ruchamish Fischelis, a registered dietitian, thank you for being on our show. And I wish everybody a Chag Kasha V'Sameach, although if you, if you can join us in the next two weeks, we'll be able to discuss more issues of Kashvis with you. This is Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashvis Magazine for Kashvis on the Air. Now this big tzaddik went to sleep one night, and when he was sleeping, he saw in his dream that in a far away town, there were two very special people who did a huge mitzvah. He woke up in the morning and he was very sad because he knew the mitzvah they did and he knew what great tzaddikim they were and he wanted to meet them. But in his dream, he didn't see what city they lived in. Now, Kendalach, who were these two special people that this tzaddik dreamt about? Let me tell you what these two special people did. Not far away from the town that this great tzaddik lived in, was a little town, and the name of that town, I don't know for sure what it was, but let's make up a name. Let's call that town Schnippichich. In Schnippichich, Kendalach, there lived a Poritz. What's a Poritz? Excellent question. And I'll answer the question for you. Some Kendalach listening to this tape live in a house. Their Tati and their Mommy own the house. Not just do they own the house, they own the house, the backyard, and they own the front yard too. A Paretz Kindalach was a very rich man. He didn't just own his house, he owned the entire town that he lived in. So let's say if today there was a Paretz in Lakewood, he would own the whole Lakewood. And everybody's houses belonged to him. Everything in the town belonged to him. So in the town of Schnippichich, there was a Paretz. He was very, very rich, and he owned a bunch of different houses in the town of Schnippichich. And not just did he own houses, he also owned stores. So let's say if you had a pizza shop, right, and you wanted to make pizza and sell it to people, you would have to pay the Pirates rent to be able to use his pizza shop. Now this Pirates had many different people that worked for him. All kinds of people worked for him. They did different jobs in his castle and around the whole town of Schnippichich. Some of the people that worked for him, Kindelach, were Yidin. One of the persons that worked for him, one of the workermans, was in charge of the Paritz's forests. The Paritz had giant forests all around Schnippichich. And this Yid was in charge of a bunch of other workmen. They would chop down the trees. They'd go deep into the forest. They'd chop down the trees. And then they would pick up the trees and load them onto giant wagons. And they would take these wagons and they would take the trees to far cities and in the faraway cities they would sell the trees and people would take the trees turn it into wood and they would build houses and they'd build buildings out of them and they would pay the Paretz's workman who was a yid money and at the end of the year he would come to the Paretz with a big giant sack full of money and the Paretz liked very much that he became richer and richer every year now, another one of the workermans that worked for the Pirates used to take care of his vegetable gardens. The Pirates had giant fields 
where he grew all kinds of vegetables. And the person that was in charge of the vegetable growing was also a Yid. And he would plant all sorts of vegetables for the Paritz in the Paritz's giant fields. He would plant tomatoes. He would plant squash. He would plant rutabagas. He would plant all kinds of uh, uh, radishes and uh, carrots and um, even, um, oh, what do you call those things? Cucumbers. Yes, I love cucumbers, Kindleach. By the way, once we're talking about vegetables, you should know it is a very healthy thing to eat vegetables. So, if you're ever hungry and you can, it's better to eat a geschmacka cucumber than eat a candy that's full of sugar and things that aren't healthy for you. I try to eat cucumbers. I love Turkish cucumbers. I eat them for a snack, and you should do that too, Kindleach. It's very healthy. Anyway, this other workman that worked for the Pirates sold the vegetables in the different towns surrounding Schnippichich, and at the end of the year, he also would come with a giant big sack full of money, and he would give it to the Pirates, and the Pirates was very happy that he was becoming very, very rich. Now, there was a person who lived in Schnippichich, and his name was Shamshi. Shamshi Kindalach had a wife and seven kids. The problem was, Kindalach, Shamshi was very poor. He didn't have any money because he didn't have a job. Now, one day, Shamshi was walking down the street in Schnippichich on the outskirts of Schnippichich. Now, outskirts, Kindalach, means like the outer part of Schnippichich, not where everybody lived. And he noticed that there was a big building right outside of Schnippichish. And he wondered to himself, what is that building? When he went back to shul that day after davening, he asked his friend Gimple, tell me, what is that building outside of Schnippichich? And Gimple said, oh, don't you know? That is the Poritz's Kretschmer. Now, Kinderloch, what is a Kretschma? Excellent question. A Kretschma, Kinderloch, is a building with a bunch of rooms in it. It's like a hotel, like an inn. People come and they need places to sleep if they're staying only for one night or two nights. In Schnippichich, they go to the Kretschma and they stay there, they sleep there, and then they pay the person for staying there. They pay, let's say, $10 for the night, $20 for two nights. They pay the person that's in charge of the Kretschma. Now, besides for sleeping in the Kretschma, downstairs in the Kretschma, there was a nice big dining room and it was like a restaurant. And the owner of the Kretschma, or the person who took care of the Kretschma, would uh, cook all kinds of delicious scrumptious food, chicken, potatoes, uh, eggs for breakfast, tuna fish for lunch, different types of dishes. And the people that were in the Kretschma, and sometimes people that weren't even sleeping in the Kretschma, they'd come here and they would eat when they were hungry. And as we're talking about it in the background, you can hear them eating. You hear them? They're eating all kinds of food. Now, besides for sleeping in the Kretschma, like a hotel, and using the Kretschma as a restaurant for eating, the Kretschma also had a special room where people can go and get something to drink. But we're not talking about getting some soda to drink. You didn't get orange soda in a Kretschma, Kindleach. In this room, they would drink either uh, schnapps or wine or beer, things that made you drunk. And some of the people in the town would come to get drunk in the Kretschma. Now, this Kretschma belonged to the pirates, but nobody was taking care of it. So Shamshi thought to himself, you know what, I'm going to go to the pirates and I'm going to ask him if I can rent the Kretschma. I will rent the Kretschma from him and people will come sleep there. They will pay me money, 
Part of that money I will save and I will give to the parrots. And with the rest of the money, I will be able to feed my family.